listening to Shoot It Now, your weekly podcast about indie filmmaking and big-budget films with award-winning filmmaker Craig Newland. And welcome to another Shoot It Now podcast. My guest today is a New Zealand actor who's featured in a number of films and has been cast in all sorts of different roles from a priest to a naval commander to an FBI agent. And we'll be discussing the relationship between actor and director when it comes to workshopping a scene. Sean O'Connor, welcome to Shoot It Now. Hi Craig, how are you? Thanks for inviting me. Well, Sean, many actors work in different ways when it comes to workshopping. Some actors don't like to workshop where others find it an invaluable way to drill down onto their character to understand what is happening within a scene and therefore making some discoveries that they would not have otherwise have made. So what does workshopping mean to you? Well, workshopping for me is, is it's a collaborative process. There is research that you do as an actor yourself, and you can do that in the background before the workshop process starts. And that's really down to you to delve into that character and sort of make some informed decisions from your own perspective. But once you get to the workshop situation, that's when the real production starts, I think. And, and that's where the real discoveries and collaboration between director and actor can, can really come to the fore. Uh, for me, it's a, a very valuable process. And, you know, it's, it's, the, it's a, a safe environment to ask questions of the character, ask about the context of a, a certain scene. And it's just, as you say, discoveries can be made. And how do you prepare for a workshop leading up to the day? Well, as I say, I would research my character and, and, and sort of look at the scenes and break down the beats in the scene or the changes, the changes in emotion and, and sort of make my decisions from that point of view and then bring them to the fore. And, you know, working with real collaborative directors like yourself, Craig, it is really sort of putting those ideas forward. And there may be an agreement at that point in time, which is great, but there may be a sort of meeting in the middle or a sort of further exchange in terms of how they see the character and what, what his or her place in the film is and, and the context and the interaction with other characters. So that, that first step for me is really breaking down the scenes from my point of view. When I come to the workshop, then I'm actually bringing my ideas to the table so we've got something prepared. And can you give me an example of when you've workshopped a scene and something has revealed itself that may not have when the camera was rolling had you not workshopped? Yeah, there was a feature film I did about five years ago which just came out last year actually called Vagabond. It was a telling of the story very personal to the director and writer and her style was actually we did some workshops, a couple of workshops, just probably two workshops before the shoot it was a very quick shoot. It was over probably about four weeks for a feature film, which is quite short. What we did was we, we read through the scenes in the morning and then we did one take and I wasn't quite getting to the place that she wanted me to be. And that character was based on her father. It was like a true life story. So we sat down during takes and she revealed a little bit more about the, the real life that really gave me another level emotionally to up the perspective and the sort of qualities of her dad. And it really just, it was quite an emotional process, but it really gave me that next step up to elevate the performance. And that happened on set. So that's a really good example of discoveries that can be made on the day of the shoot. 
And how much of a safety net do you find in the whole process of workshopping? Well, it's a safe environment. I mean, if it's just um, if it's just a one-on-one with yourself and the director, then it really is a really safe environment to maybe take some risks. Because I find that acting is all about quite often pushing yourself out of the comfort zone. And it's, you know, if, if, just to try something. And if it doesn't work, then move on to the next idea. But it's all about sort of giving the director options. As I say, discoveries can still be made on the day of the shoot. You never know, that might happen. But it's just, yeah, if it's a sort of workshop with a number of characters, then there's that whole area of exploration about how your character interacts with other people, not just through the through the script, which is a sort of framework for the performance, but it's also what's not said and how your character interacts with other characters in the scene. So there's an awful lot that can be discovered in, in that sort of um, workshop scenario before uh, the shoot time comes. You can have some directors that want a workshop, but perhaps you don't feel as safe and as free to explore different options within a scene. So are there things that you identify within a director in terms of how you feel free within working in that framework? I look for those signals that they give me that freedom. Let me try to explore and give me that scope to actually explore beyond the boundaries of that character. Uh, as I say, there might be something that that we just that we both discover that we can bring to the fore for the actual shoot. The best directors that I've worked with is that they give you that time and that preparation to actually go through the acting technique, if you want to call it that, or the emotional process. If a director says to me, can you play that line more sad or more happy? That's an end result. There's not a respect there for the actual process that you go through. If someone breaks bad news to you in real life, there's a whole process then that goes on before you express that emotion. And the, the best directors I work with, and that comes out in the workshop situation, is that they give you that time and preparation within a line or a piece of dialogue that will actually allow you to step through those emotions and get to that final result. I don't want to get to that final result too early and, and sort of say, okay, I want this. This is the, the end result that I need, that they've got respect for the act, acting process itself. And is it your experience that more directors like to workshop or less directors? It's an interesting question. Um, I think read-throughs, um, initial read-throughs of all the cast present and director and probably some of the other crew as well, like DOP, so they can get a feeling for what shots, you know, in that sort of technical realm as well. These days, I think with a lot of independent uh, independent films, shorts and features, I think the best results, the films that I'm really proud of is ones where we have workshopped. You don't want to workshop to the degree, and I don't want to compare it to theatre because I haven't done much theatre, but there is a very strict rehearsal process and that goes on for maybe it could be four weeks to maybe two two and a half months there is a point that you get to where you can be over rehearsed and I think it's a very fine line you want to have a couple of workshops at least to make those discoveries but you don't want the dialogue the dialogue's got to be fresh like the first time you've actually spoken it to another character there is a danger that you can overstep that mark and sort of be 
so familiar with the lines, so familiar with the scene, the environment in which you find yourself, that it can actually become a bit dry and a bit sort of process oriented. So I think workshops are very valuable in that respect to make those discoveries. The best directors I've worked with is, but they'll probably keep it to like one or two workshops. If there's specific emotional qualities that need to come in a scene, then you could probably work through that with the director offline and make your own decisions. But it's great still on the day of a shoot to make those discoveries and, and bring some surprising choices to a director. I've done that and they've kept those choices in, which, which is great to see in the final cut. So we talked about table reads. From a director's point of view, I find that table reads are a complete waste of time. I don't get table read. But from an actor's point of view, a table read is something different. That gives you the opportunity to say the words. It gives you the opportunity to work with with the other actors. From my point of view, I prefer to do the scenes with the actors involved so that we play the whole thing out rather than just sit around a table. But from an actor's point of view, a table read, you still get something from that, right? Absolutely, you do. And a really good example of that that I saw recently was a table read for one of the episodes of Breaking Bad. Jesse's character with a table read, it's very much like just getting off the page, you know, making some early choices about the, your character in the scene and how they're interacting with others. But Jesse's, the character was just interacting with Brian Cranston to the degree that he was bringing all the emotion that you would fully expect to see on come shoot day. And it was just amazing to watch. But that's that's quite exceptional. I do agree with you to the extent that the, the workshopping is, is where the real work happens, hence its name. With a table read, I think outside of the table read, it, you're, getting, you're getting the script off the page. It's an opportunity for the writer or director to hear that dialogue brought to life Actors bring a varying degree of emotion to it. Some could just sort of blankly read through it. I've actually seen that scene that you're talking about from Breaking Bad, and it is an exceptional table read because, as you say, the emotion of the scene is borne out by the the, the two actors, and that normally doesn't happen, and that's part of the reason why I don't like table reads. You get actors that hold back. Let's just hold back on the emotion until the day. But something like that Breaking Bad... That was something where I looked at and I said, well, that is different. You're actually seeing and feeling the emotion of that scene, which normally Mm. you just don't feel. It was incredible. And I actually, what I did then, I was so curious about how the final scene looked. It was actually interesting, even though like he's a fantastic actor, um, Aaron Paul. That was exceptional. And looking at the final take, it was actually toned down a fraction from what he was delivering at the uh, table read. But what was interesting from my point of view is just the on some of the act, other actors in that table read in terms of what he was delivering. And the, there were tears from certain actors, it was just amazing to watch. But that is exceptional. That's against the norm for table reads, as you say. And there are directors who workshop and then there are directors who film their workshops. How useful and helpful is it to an actor to see the video of a scene in playback on the day of a workshop? It's uh, doing a short film at the moment is pre-production officially. Unfortunately, with COVID-19, it was sort of postponed. We did a little workshop between myself and the, the girl playing my daughter. I did watch that back. We did that watch that back and sort of make some initial discoveries. But it was more for the director's sort of recall to make some early choices. I, I don't often watch playback in the workshop situation. 
when a director has um, got the camera there. I think that's more just for their sort of early choices and maybe discussions with the DOP in terms of shot choice. It's very early stages. So from an acting perspective, you're probably still getting familiar with the character, still embedding yourself in that character. So I'm not sure how valuable from a performance point of view from the actor's side that is, but maybe for the director, it's sort of more of a, a sort of reference point for a certain scene. And would you dress for the role in a workshop? It's a really good point, actually. I, even at auditions, I tend to dress for the role. Casting directors will tell you stories about people turning up. I mean, you mentioned Priest. That's my sort of go-to character. I was auditioning for a, a US TV program once and a, a friend of mine came out of the room just before I was due to go in and he was in the full garb as a priest. I wouldn't probably go that far. It could be just one sort of dress or wardrobe choice that maybe will embed the character, just that will give them that inkling that you are capable of playing that character. But a lot of actors um, discover their characters through the walk. They say that the sort of character comes to them through the way that they've carried themselves. I do tend to dress in a workshop situation as much as I can, leaning towards how the character would dress. You never know, that might give the director and wardrobe some inkling into to how possibly you will look. So again, it's that collaborative process. So I do, because you know, if I'm playing a, maybe a CEO at a board table, I would actually dress in the suit it gives me that power and that confidence to convey the qualities of that that character not all actors would be like that but certainly for me i find that assists giving me that sort of launch pad in, into the character that i'm portraying and if you're playing a character whose accent is american how does that change in a workshop for you or does that become its own workshop with an accent vocal coach that's interesting because um in these days, particularly in New Zealand, um, there's going to be more American productions coming, the likes of Netflix, Amazon. An American accent is something that you do need in your toolbox. It's essential these days, and, and most actors do. And there are a lot of vocal coaches around, are really good teachers. You know because they're always engaged as dialect coaches in, in the projects that are going on. But at the same time, you don't want the accent to get in the way. So if you're expected to do a Southern States accent, you know, like the sort of Louisiana drawl or something like that, you don't want that in the early stages, particularly in the workshop, to detract from the qualities of the character that you're portraying. So I think it's a discussion that you need to have with the director. But at the same time, talking about embedding yourself in the character and sort of the launch pad into embodying that character, the accent might be part of that. So for some actors, finding that accent early on, um, Anthony Hopkins, fastest Indian, I thought he did a really good um, sort of, you know, in Chicago, wasn't it, accent? So for him, I'm sure he made that discovery early in the process and probably did use that in the workshop because that's how the character was. That's how the real person was. Uh, there is a YouTube video where this vocal coach, dialect coach, Eric, something, I can't remember his surname, but he goes through Hollywood movies, picks out the authenticity of the accent. Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards, but one that he singles out was Tom Cruise in Far Away. I don't know if you remember that film that was set in Ireland. It was not a great accent. 
And, and that probably comes down to even, you know, in those big circles of Hollywood, the, the lack of preparation time, potentially. I can't think of any other reason for it. But um, yeah, you even see it with, with the big stars. So for me, I think I've got a duty of, of care and a duty of performance to do the best I can with that accent. I don't want that getting in the way, particularly when it comes to shoot day. That's far too late. The workshop situation will identify any sort of shortfall in that accent. And, you know, for me... I would have gone to a vocal coach anyway, just for a refresher and to go through those lines and making sure I'm nailing it as much as I can, accent-wise. And when I hear directors and actors saying that I want to leave it for the day, preferring for the magic to take place on set, I think more often than not, we're really hearing that from A-list actors and directors, whereas in the indie world, it's not really comparing the same parameters. An A-list actor, for example, has a far greater wealth of experience under his or her belt than an indie actor does. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is the case. I mean, when you've got studio money behind your projects, you know, Hollywood or wherever it might be in the world, you sometimes don't have that time luxury. And that's what I was saying about the Tom Cruise. It could have been the lack of preparation in certainly in terms of the accent, not taken away from the performance at all because it was a good movie. With indie uh, actors, for me, I'm not saying I've got the luxury of time, but there's probably a lot more space between projects. I'm not going from one project to another. I've made the mistake in the past of overcommitting, but now certainly when it's working on a feature film, I'll commit all my time to that. If there's good planning in place, then there should be ample opportunity to workshop it at least a few times uh, and just iron out any of those holes. And it is potentially, if you've got a number of actors involved in that in that workshop scenario, it should be possible for the director to pinpoint any weaknesses in any of the characters and then maybe meet in separation just to work through that on a one-on-one sort of basis. And you can really iron out those issues. So as an indie actor, always bring 110% to anything I do. I It's my duty to the director and the writer to to carry out that vision of the character that they that they have in mind so i want to use that preparation time to the best of my ability and have you felt under pressure for example when you haven't workshopped and the shooting schedule for scenes is very short a huge amount of pressure but you know I was told at film school, I went to film school 10 years ago. It was a very practical sort of film school. So we were working with crews and other actors from the get-go. And we had one project where the director continually failed to show up for um, workshopping and rehearsals. We only had a, a two or three workshops in the couple of weeks before the shoot, and it just didn't happen. And what the what the tutor said to us was, now it's within your power to take control of this process. And really, um, there was just myself and another actor playing husband and wife to make those choices where the director was failing to even show up and not have the respect to show up for these workshops was us to take that control. So when we got to the shoot day, we had actually made some choices and we were comfortable with the dialogue, but we'd made those decisions ourselves. And the director was obviously there on the day, just went with what we'd done, but we were happy and had that comfort level that we were secure in our characters and secure with the way that we interacted and how the dialogue went. But we really had just to wrest control from the director and make our own choices about what the final shoot was going to look like. It was an interesting situation. And have you ever been in a workshop when someone has held back from a full performance? There is that 
difference, uh, variation in performance uh, that people would give. And it could be that they haven't put the time in, put the effort in to provide some context to the character. And as I said earlier in the conversation, that's my duty of respect to the writer and director, that I set the scene, embellish that character as much as I can before the workshop. When you come to the workshop situation, if there's another actor that's not putting in sort of that level that you would expect. I think it's down to the director to identify that. I would probably take that conversation offline and said, look, if you want to meet up for coffee, we'll have a read through and make our own choices, just myself and another actor. It could be a husband and wife scenario that we meet up and actually see where the shortfall is, see why it wasn't, why they weren't bringing that full performance to the workshop scenario and and see if we can work on ourselves. Well, Sean, it's been a great talk. It's been hopefully an insightful podcast for indie actors and directors. And remember to workshop out there as much as possible before filming that indie, which is the suggested school of thought from this podcast. And Sean, thanks for coming on to Shoot It Now. Thanks very much, Craig. Thanks for having me in the conversation. You've been listening to Shoot It Now with Craig Newland, your weekly podcast about all things behind the camera and in front of it. Until next time, have a great week.